let me say that the political the political This is the News Made of Students podcast. It's myself, Lex, here with my boy HB, reclaiming Black Boy Joy, one podcast at a time, discussing all things. slip but you know as we said when we were talking earlier i won't even call him by his official name because yeah. realistically he ain't moving like an official and the name on my lips right now jacob reese mug yeah he's a mug yeah he's a mug honestly i'm sure it didn't miss you so i feel like you know if you want to go into it it didn't miss me at all jacob reese mug went on to lbc london's premier radio station to basically say in words I, I can't remember exactly what he said but the word that drew everyone's attention was he said that the victims of the Grenfell fire should have uh, had common sense to have ignored the uh, firefighters um, call for them to stay put and basically just leave the leave the premises essentially he even went on to try and get the the reporter who was on the radio show with him to agree with him, saying that had it been me or you, yeah. almost applying to a certain type of audience, had it been myself or you, and not someone from a background that could have been living in exactly. Grenfell, had it been either of us, we would have used our common sense and left the building. And you know what, yeah, what annoys me is not even the fact that he's trying to necessarily divide people by qualifying those that would have left and those that wouldn't have. But it's the fact that he's speaking about people that have lost their lives, yeah. actively died, and people that have lost their, lost lots of their livelihoods that are surviving victims today with no sense of... Self. No sense of... No, no empathy, nothing. He just went on the radio station and just spoke shit, pretty much. Pretty much. He just spoke shit. He, um, you know, and it's not the first time he's made gaffes like this. Like, you know, he constantly says he's a very out of touch politician. Yeah. You know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that any political party will have someone like him representing them because he's very out of touch. He probably represents a minute percentage of society and not like high class society, but even the more minute than that. More, like, yeah. yeah no, you know, I feel you. Like bowler hats and fox hunting and, yeah. and I don't know, like some other shit like that. Those like, different recreational yeah. activities, yeah. Like, it, 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 he's, yeah, it's, it's totally out of touch. I'm even surprised he was allowed to come on the LBC. Like and, that. And, 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 yeah, and basically say shit like now, that. Like they have 2.5 million weekly listeners and he can recklessly go on, go on such a public forum and, and speak like that. To me, it just shows it's so careless and irresponsible. It's no surprise for me why Stormzy ha- re- spoke out on it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like as you know, Stormzy's a multinational mega star, and he still at the same time represents such a small part of the population of Britain. But he's been very vocal. Very like, you know, we've seen him at Glastonbury, straight up calling out the Tory party, and you know, and 
Reese Mug has given him more validation for yeah. why he's done such a stunt. More vim. Yeah. More vim for his words. Like, you know, Stormzy again, obviously, someone that he he champions voices. Um, Grenfell, I feel, is... The, Grenfell is going to forever be in all our hearts. Mm-hmm. One, it's painful. One, it's painful. Mm-hmm. One million percent. Especially those of us that live in, you know, similar areas and, and, and things like that. Um, and leave our hands in the same cinema, similar authorities yeah. that their lives have been, of that course. their lives were left in. And unfortunately, their lives were essentially lost in those hands. Of course. You know? And it's, um, yeah, it is, it is quite sad. And for him to go onto LBC with that type of, like, his mannerism, his boisterous mannerisms that would have flew behind closed doors with his mates yeah. and then bring that onto the air. Well, that's the question we have to ask ourselves. He can go on LBC and say those comments. Imagine what he says in closed doors. Wow. Honestly, like, and these are the people that are left to run our country. So for our listeners that um, might not be aware of exactly who Jacob Reese mug is, mug, mug. but we'll call him Mug because he is one. <laughs> he is a member of the Conservative Party, a.k.a. the Tories, and he's also, of recent, been given a, quite a, a large responsibility within that. He's a cabinet member, which basically means he's been promoted to the premiership of the team. And his role as a cabinet member is to be the leader of the House of Commons. So he leads the house in which discussions are debated and policies are passed. So directly, the laws that are being made and the, what can people can be held accountable for, he is essentially overseeing and organising government business in the House of Commons, you know? And in his role, and through his achievements that he's achieved in politics, his word gives a lot of validity and influence, yet he can carelessly go on a show like this and speak out, speak out of pocket. Like, speak, speak totally out of turn. Uh, but I, I think it's also very important to mention, at the time of recording this, uh, he must have said the comments over a week ago, and he's still a member of the Tory party. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been reprimanded at all. Nothing. He's, he's actually campaigning. To he, he's, he's currently campaigning mm-hmm. for the general election in uh, December. Um, I haven't seen any comments from uh, our Prime Minister and the leader of the Tory party, Boris Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, condemning his words. Me neither. Um, he may have said he spoke out of turn, but apart from that, nothing has happened. Um, you know, it, it, it just makes you think, had this been any other politician from any other party... Of any other background. Uh, from any other background, <laughs> this will be, you know, it will be... It will be... Uh, it, would be really, it would really be something else. It would really be breaking news for a long time. And I mean, having looked at this um, recently again, I've seen it's taken him almost seven days to make a public apology. Meaning that he was coerced into apologising. Of course. And I don't think he would have apologised had it not been for Stormzy speaking out on this matter. You know, like condemning Jacob Rees-Mark for his comments to the victims of Grenfell, you know. And at the end of the day, yeah, Stormzy's a musician. Should he be speaking on politics? Should he not be? Well, in my opinion, yeah. A hundred percent. It's particularly the kind of storm music that Stormzy does. Exactly. Rhyme, which is obviously a subgenre, I guess, of rap of or of hip hop. Let's say mm-hmm. hip hop is such a political form of music as well. Mm-hmm. Any politician you can think of has spoken out against politics. Any sorry, musician. Any musician that we you can think of has spoken out against politicians, particularly rappers. You know, this ain't pop music. This ain't you know, I'm a Barbie girl and shit like exactly. that. Exactly. Like, this it's is not music that's gonna necessarily just 
be sweet on your ears. Of this is something that is that he makes to be heartfelt. hundred percent. As, as well as being heartfelt, to be motivational and to let people know that yeah, your small voices now have a big platform. Because like I said, although he is a multinational mega star musician, he represents a small minority of the population of Britain. Of course he does. And don't forget, in one of his recent songs, Rossi Bob, he says, fuck the government and fuck Boris. Mm-hmm. He's very blatant on that. So Stormzy, I guess, is one of our, our, our fighting stars. Stars, yes. Yeah. I mean, he joins, a long, he joins a solid forum of pre- past musicians that have called out the current government in power and the people of power that should be held accountable that might not be held accountable by their peers, which is why, you know, you have to respect the fact that he's using his far-reaching platform to, to do this. Yeah. And then you can see that he has quite a few fans, but not only does he have quite a few fans and that he can influence, but his influence and comments have also hit mainstream news. Yeah. And they've used it almost as his face condemning Jacob Rees-Mogg rather than themselves. Why haven't they outright called out I totally agree. Jacob? Why have they gone through Stormzy yeah. to do that? Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say? Agree. Like, they put his face everywhere with those comments. And so now when you think of him, you simultaneously see, see Stormzy. And it's like, okay, so is he the only advocate against his word? Or do other politicians, like the Liberal Democrats, do they agree with what he said? I've not seen them come out and say anything about the opposition party. Yeah. You know? The only people I've seen condemn him are Sajid Javid's come out to condemn him. Yeah. Um, and several other Labour MPs. I think Diane Abbott's come out to condemn him. It's um, the comments are are a huge concern for everybody. We appreciate that people may have their own opinions on what should have happened with Grenfell, but bottom line is, what should have happened with Grenfell is that the government at the time should have ensured that the cladding on the building was appropriate. That's what should have happened with Grenfell, mm-hmm. not whether people should have. D- disobeyed orders from firefighters from firefight. while in you fear know. while in shock while burning you you're know. now telling me that their only chance of survival who is instructing them they should now ignore them this to be is honest it. It is, it's so out of pocket it's unreal it's unreal to me honestly like and um, yeah like you said it's uh, you know it's, it, it's, it's, it's the, the, the issue with Grenfell like everyone says it's um, corporate manslaughter it's, it's, it, was, it was evident for everyone to see the um what Stormzy also did was post the Twitter name of the company that actually responsible, for, responsible yeah. for the cladding, um, which yeah. is which is really like a big hand to him, like big big hand to him yeah. because now is uh, what he's doing is being much more direct rather than letting us hide behind um I'll call these um what type of words would I call these. Okay, I'll come back to what, how I want to coin the term, but rather than him allowing the actual corporation to hide behind words that corporations, the company... The corporate veil, you know, it? The, the, hide them behind the corporate veil. Yeah. He's now giving you the pinpoint direct noun of the company so you can, we can be aware of the, these, this company and then hopefully the government of the day who Stormzy is saying fuck, because he's not saying fuck all governments, he's not saying fuck society, he's saying of the day, fuck these governments. These people are supposed to be running the country. And let me tell you, easily, he's talking about the Conservative Party. Yeah? And it's not a general anti-political statement. If anything, this is pro-political because he's participating. Of course, he's 100% participating in in exercising and saying what he feels is wrong. You know? mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. 
But I think what's even a, a bigger shock is the, the, the comments that Jacob Rees-Mogg made, Mug made, were in light of the Grenfell report that was released last week or two weeks ago now. And in that report, the report basically said, yeah, this the whole issue went down to... The problem with Grenfell was to do the firefighters. Firefighters. So you can see he was already initiating the spin on blaming... And, and, and I think, it's, and it's like, it's, it's this whole us versus them mentality. Mm-hmm. Let's let's have it right. Firefighters yeah. aren't some of the best... Some, they're some of the worst paid people in society. They, they're, they're not, you know, their salaries aren't even in the national average. They've been affected directly by austerity, by the public spending cuts we spoke about in our previous episode. They would be the people that would have directly felt the wrath of austerity and its prolongedness. You and know? it was also under this government that we have today yeah. that fire, there's been cuts to the fire service. Mm-hmm. They fired people in the fire service. And let's have it right, they've also cut police nationwide. Yeah. Yeah. So even people speaking to the mayor of London now about the crime in London, let's look at the crime widespread but you know what that's another story that we'll get to because there's breaking news on that too there is breaking news there is but yeah but to go back to that report you know the report said in black and white that the the, the issue of Grenfell was down to uh it's, it's firefighters yeah um you know splitting it's, it splits opinion mm-hmm. but i think it's quite evident that you can't blame this on people that risk their own lives to save people you know, in a burning building. Exactly. Right? It's, it's a scapegoat. It is a if scapegoat. you ask me, they've chosen to blame a part of their own self that would easily be loved by the public because, yes, like you said, they are risking their own lives yeah. to save other people in jeopardy. Yeah. However, to blame eh, someone that is trying to actively sacrifice themselves, putting themselves in a fire to bring others out for me is immoral of... For me, the investigators that done the, that, that 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 compiled the report, and for the government to stand behind and say, well, as you can see, we cannot totally blame the cladin. We now must look at the firefighters who were called out. Mm-hmm. That for me is disgusting, immoral behaviour. Had it been the case, and as it has been written, to be honest, I don't believe everything that's been written on paper that it truly was the firefighters. Um, they were to blame for the amount of deaths caused. At the end of the day, as a government in power, I will take accountability for saying, yeah, we did butcher the firefighting service through austerity, you know. They are working on a low resource, yeah. We didn't do our due diligence with these buildings for the cladding, and now it was a recipe for disaster. It was mismanagement at a whole board. How can that be the firefighters' fault? They didn't make the house. They're not in charge of regulating those housing procedures, and I'm sure that in part of the complaints that was sent to a lot of the, the landlords over the time, they would have validated a lot of the complaints as well that a lot of the a lot of the um, residents had made before the fire. Of course. So it it's just disgusting that the government of the day, the Tory parties, could allow for that to be the narrative and then allow the leader of the House of Commons, Jacob Rees Mugg, to make those comments, still hold such a high position and still remain in the party. It's a joke. It's a it's, it's, yeah. It's an art joke, but yeah, that's that's the news. That's the news on that. Well, you know, we we've got to look into this a bit more and to see what other possible solutions could could come from this because I do believe that that 
it is just we've let this has been left in the worst state possible most definitely. you know the people that have have passed the people that have survived are still devastated most definitely and they cannot bring themselves to blame the people that they saw risking their lives on the night to blame them mm-hmm. you think the victims are going to be looking at the firefighters who they saw many of the victims who haven't even been you know um compensated mm-hmm. or even rehoused rehoused you know it, it's, it's probably the messiest messiest national crisis national crisis you know, and you know the Tory government's had a, a, a bunch of national crises. And it, you know, why does it always happen in their hands? Well, this is <laughs> it. You know, just to name uh, Windrush uh, scandal, just mm-hmm. to name one. You know, so it's, it, this is definitely up there with one of the biggest, biggest letdowns in British government history. It's it's, it's a joke. You know, and we're led to believe that seventy two people uh, had passed in that had perished in that fire. Again, I'm not going to go into too much mm-hmm. into that. But that's what we're led to believe, um, and it has to be. It has to be mentioned. It has to be said that the reason why this fire happened is because the people that occupy those buildings or that live in those buildings are low socioeconomic people that that will be part of the quote unquote Bane community. Exactly. You know, so it, it, there, there, there's a lot to be said for that. There's it's a lot tragic. to be said for that. And. Just to, to round this point off and just to let the penny drop, we've been in this state of a lack of resource, lack of firefighters, lack of police officers, lack of nurses, destruction of the NHS for over 10 years in order to get us out of a recession. Yeah. Yet, just here today, we only just avoided a recession in the third term of this year. Our recession essentially is when <laughs> there is um, no growth in the economy that we've not made a profit as a whole you know how much the profit was in the third quarter 0.3 percent wow. growth just scraping it by you know two for the nil so at all points and at all angles you could see how truly judgmental that these decisions have been and how badly mismanaged we the people have been by the government of the day currently you know and i just have to get that one off my chest and onto my foot and kick that into Jacob Rees-Mugg's dirty windpipe because he talks a lot of crap. In the news made us do that. Evolved into involving the other cultures that are predominantly involved in, yeah. in the Yorubas, and then it gave the, an, another house, a counterpart, quite a predominant role, even though it wasn't um, long in the movie. But it still allows to expose the, the nature of the different tribes. Yeah. What I really, really loved about it was that at some point of the film, um, the main protagonists are Igbo tribe, and then the kind of saviors, partners towards the end of the film come from another tribe. And a lot of people don't recognise that within one country such as Nigeria, there's so many different languages predominantly spoken that not everybody has access to those languages. Whereas while, while um, viewing the film, film, you could see that the significance of how it felt for um, a person of 
Igbo background to understand Hausa and how that made the Hausa person feel. Because Igbo and Hausa and Yoruba, we tend to not really understand each other's language. If anything, more people tend to understand Yoruba than they do tend is that it's, 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 so Yoruba is like the lingua franca of Nigeria. Exactly. Obviously, apart from English. Yeah, apart from yeah. English. Exactly, yeah. And then um, the fact that that happened in the movie and it showed a significance in the fact that they could actually partner up and eventually create their solution, it kind of, I love the way that it explained the difference in, you know, lifestyle, living and culture at the end of the day. And um, yeah, I feel like it was definitely massively unfair. I feel like yeah. it was definitely massively unfair that it wasn't, considered for um, an Academy Award this year and it was actually yeah. disqualified from the um, category it was entered into due to the fact that they yeah. spoke too much English, apparently. Well, this is it. After watching the film, okay, the film predominantly is spoken in English. However, there are still large portions of the film that are significantly spoken in the native language of Ibo and Hausa. And those are the four languages of the people that were in the film and the characters as well. However, it was important and imperative for them to speak in English to show the current climate of Nigeria, which is the truth. So now to disqualify it from a foreign film category due to the language used, I think that it's just another way to shut out a community, to move the finishing line. You know, we've heard this term before now and now and again. They say, okay, cool, get five GCSEs and then you can go ahead. Okay, cool. Oh, you've got the GCSEs. Um, well, get a reference to say that you're capable from this person. Oh, you've got a reference. Okay, um, well, are you good at using this software? Oh, you, don't, you couldn't learn it? Um, well, it's quite new, but we won't allow you to start here. You would have to start elsewhere. Mate, we've heard it all before. The finishing line gets moved over yeah. and over again. I think it's also important, obviously, to, to really go into what it is that they, um, that's happened with this. So obviously this film is a Nigerian movie. Yes. Uh, directed, I think, written by well, I might butcher her last name, but Genevieve Nenaje. Yeah. Um, and That's if, correct. If you're if you're of African descent, and you can pronounce uh, it better. Please uh, educate us and try no, to no, 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 it, it got it it didn't get uh it was sorry it was discredited from the best foreign picture for the academy awards because it spoke too much they spoke too much english mm-hmm. the irony of it is that nigeria is a former british colony so english is actually the official language of nigeria uh nigeria like obviously other african countries is built is made up of God knows what, hundred tribes, and that's and that's just me even just saying a, a low number, probably more than that. And over, I know there's over five hundred languages spoken in Nigeria alone. So to have a movie um, inclusive of all languages is obviously it's pretty much impossible. Um, so English would be uh, let's the say bridge. Uh, the bridge, the, the bridge, the bridge language, that's, that's yeah, the, it's the bridging language for communities. So to reject it is is quite ironic and uh, quite hilarious. Um, and you, uh, we were talking earlier. You made a great point, saying that, for example, if this film was shot in, for example, Cote d'Ivoire. Yes, yes. Like if it was shot in Cote d'Ivoire, mm-hmm. um, and and um, they spoke French, it would have been nominated. Yeah. Which is you know, but that's just purely because they were um, colonized by the French. Exactly. If it was shot in circumstantial. Uh, yeah, circumstantial. You know? Shot in Angola and they spoke Portuguese. So it's like it's just unfair on um, Genevieve that. Her movie couldn't be nominated for this foreign for, for best foreign picture because English is widely spoken in it. 
the, the disqualification is just it's, itself is so rude and it's now again another thing that just shows that you can try try hard you can you can do what is necessary of you however if the powers that be deem it deem it they can take it away from you they can take yeah. away your validity they can take away what what it is your basis and your premise through words and through, I would say it's an act of violence. I would say it's an indirect act of violence. I know that's no, a bit I know you mean, extreme, yeah, yeah, I know you mean, but yeah. mate, it's but, forcibly done. Who, who, who now within their production team or company can take this to the next level? No, I mean, the news is hardly reporting it. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, was, it was on air for about three days. I think the interesting thing about this one in particular is because it is the Academy Awards. Exactly. Like, you know, for us that live in you know Britain, America, wherever. You know, the Academy and all Awards, over, mate, all Academy, over the world, the Academy Awards are no, quite... Of course, yeah. it's, it's the pinnacle of, of cinema in terms of, you know, accolades and awards. But let's be honest, Academy Awards only focus on Western movies. Indeed. It's not, you know... It's not a global it's award. It's not a global yeah. award. So but I it's think the most prestigious award in, in picture. In, 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 okay, in, 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 in a Western society, in English-speaking countries, I agree. But this is where it was very important to also mention that her film has been nominated for an African Academy Award. As it should. It's a As great it film. Yeah. Honestly, it's so amazing. There's, you know, so there's, African, there's an African Academy Award that's, and I've, and I've done a bit of research, that is super inclusive. They have films from all over Africa. Yeah. From South Africa to Gambia to Nigeria to Ghana to, to you know, um, Tunisia, everything. Amazing. So that's, so, you know. Covered. It's one of the things is like, it's an issue, but it's not an issue. Like, yeah. Cool. You lot obviously, I haven't, feel like you lot it, haven't really yeah. underst- understood what we're trying to do here we'll get support from here. And from that's home. it. From home. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's all it is really, I think, in regard to that. 100%. But my whole thing is that, well, yeah, you're right. We do, it has been domestically received and the reception domestically has been amazing. It is a great film. If you haven't watched it, the film Lionheart, I recommend you should definitely watch it on Netflix. It is a great film. Well subbed and it's just well portrayed and it's quite, it's quite easy to digest as well. Very clean. The issue for me and it not being able to even compete for the academy award is that now it loses out on an abundance of resources and exposure this is that is where it becomes important it becomes important because of the economic weight behind it which is why for me like i said it's an act of violence because now from someone being able to okay let me put this in layman's terms but apologies ladies this is going to be something that no one are mainly going to understand that watch football and some ladies that do watch football as well so apologies to marginalise and exclude but here I'm going to go teams that get promoted to the premiership automatically are entitled to 100 million through TV rights and TV deals just through that exposure with that 100 million they can reinvest and grow the team and the club whether or not they get relegated or not that 100 million pounds that they receive is so substantial that it can radically have big changes not only to the players but also to the team the infrastructure and the fans it essentially helps re like reinvigorate wealth yeah similarly when you get re- nominated for an academy award the prestige on it puts you and your production team and the people involved in the filming in a different position like come on you know no we've I... had oscar so white already and i guess that this was another cause maybe not as grave as it doesn't necessarily involve the domestic BAME community of America. However, it is still another example of yeah, channels being I think this, this this one in particular is more to do with like 
uh, the, 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 uh, academies like the Oscars and, uh, and you know, the Grammys and stuff, to, they need to decolonize themselves. Yeah. Because it's funny, let's think of, if you think of, let's say, I don't know, Burner Boy or WizKids albums, you know, as much as they speak Pigeon English and some Yoruba, the majority of it is in English. Yeah. So there's no reason why not they should have been nominated for like some of the most prestigious awards. Obviously, exactly. it's based on numbers and what, yeah. whatnot. But, you know, I think that's that's the interesting thing. But again, this is, as much as this story came up and it, I think it caught both of our attention, um, it's not all bad in the sense that we have to remember, like, generally he's not starving. Like, yeah, 100%. The, the Nollywood, Nollywood film industry, the third biggest film industry in the world. Like mm-hmm. after Hollywood and Bollywood, mm-hmm. so like Nollywood don't. I don't think Nollywood even really care. That's I think it, be, yeah. it doesn't matter that they have their own thing going on, mm-hmm. and I think that's always very important to remember. Indeed, um, you know, it, and it's a powerful thing as well. It does definitely help you to recognize your own self and your own identity, especially in the fact that Nollywood rarely betrays itself, and even to this day sticks to its core principles of the theatrics of the special effects and of the the moral messages behind each film. Because Hollywood's not the standard in terms of movies. It's I think, not. you know, we enjoy it because obviously we grew up in England. It, yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? So it, it's funny because we probably watch more American movies than we do watch British movies. Yeah, it's true. Actually, the British, Personally, between the two, yeah. The British film industry is not thriving yeah. as much yeah. as, you know. Yeah. So, Nollywood's... What is that? Nollywood's, What's the British Academy called? Is it just called the British well, Academy? Yeah, BAFTA. BAFTA, BAFTA, British. The BAFTA. Yeah, so they've oh, got BAFTA. Hollywood, Bollywood, Nollywood, yeah. and yeah. these are like... like yeah, we just got the British film. Yeah, British film academy. So, um, BFA. BFA, yeah, yeah, honestly. <laughs> Everything I <a> think. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, so it's like, Nollywood's thriving, like, so it's yeah. Nollywood's thriving. Shout out Genevieve, though. Yeah, no, shout out Genevieve. Ratings, beautiful woman, uh, smart, intelligent. Honestly. And uh, honestly, the way, the way it was written, depicted, and the way that they approached the film was just so, like, seamless and breathtaking. The fact so that you recommend could, everyone should watch it, yeah? Honestly, it's, it is just such a refreshing film to watch. So what's it again? Lionheart? Very Lionheart. On Lionheart Netflix. on Netflix, yeah. Right. I, I recommend you should watch it at 8pm with a cup of tea. <laughs> the British way. That's the way. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. the way. <laughs> that is the way. But no, definitely. So everyone watch Lionheart on Netflix. 100%. And um, if you never heard in the mainstream, guess what? The news made us do this, so we recommend it. Listen to it. matter but also something that you should take into consideration yep voting very important so this as some of you may know i'm hoping for hopefully everyone knows on the 12th of december we have a general election a general election was called by boris johnson well forced by boris johnson uh i believe it was last week or so um it's been widely dubbed as the brexit election but I don't think anyone should get duped in thinking it's just mainly about Brexit. This oh. is about everything. Mm-hmm. You know, healthcare, education, the economy, uh, crime. NHS. NHS, every, just everything. Your life, my life. Everyone's life. It's all on the line. <laughs> <laughs> so I think everyone should be very, very aware of this and be um, vigilant and be, and be engaged as well, no. you know. Where do you stand on voting yourself personally? I personally think 
if you have the right to vote, you should vote. You should exercise your vote. Yeah. Um, but I'm also not naive in the fact that party politics ha- is is quite disillusioning. Yeah. Um, quite saturated. It's quite saturated. Well, you know, particularly for us, I know not. It's worse in America. You have either the red pill or the blue pill. Yeah. Whereas we're quite fortunate here. We have part. We have more of that. Supposedly fortunate. Well, we, we're supposedly fortunate. Um, we've seen government be wit. <laughs> like we both. What what I'm saying, I can say for sure. Whatever government wins, one of the parties will be either Labour or, or Tory. Yeah. So it will either be a Labour majority or a Tory majority. That's that's it. The Lib Dems might prop up one of the one of each parties or the, likely the Conservatives. Likely. Um, uh, or it will be you know maybe a couple of Green Party seats and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So and at, again, make clear we're gonna have a full podcast next. Ne- our next podcast will be on the general election. Uh, and all things that are surrounding the general yeah. election, surrounding things from man- the manifestos of the three major parties, um, and just going into details in that. But what we want to discuss now is just voting participation. And it's important at the end of the day. And um, it's quite alive that you brought up the fact that if you have a right to vote. So, l- one thing that is very important is to know that this right right to vote was not a given. Some people born, I'd say, about 50 years earlier than myself were in a position that drew down to their, their race, gender, economic situation, their class status, may not have been eligible to vote. I mean, they hardly ever talk about it, but people that were poor and poorly educated were literally not allowed to vote, and more time, their votes would go to the people that they served the same way as them so it wouldn't go into the interest of themselves rather than them propping someone that would represent you in the past if you were poor or less fortunate you would vote for the person that your master per se would vote for so um we've come quite a long way in these in the more recent times which is why we um really do advocate participating in the election i know that others and some people would say, well, as you did mention, party politics is a bit shady, so why vote in the first place? Well, it's not that your vote is just for the two parties or the parties that will naturally come into power in this type of race that has been set up. It's the fact that once you become a voter, your voice then becomes eligible. As opposed to the media or people that spread the news and information targeting only the groups that do vote, they would now have to open their message up to a wider audience and consider you. Right now, you lot that don't vote are not considered. Policies aren't made for you to help you because guess what? You're not going to vote either way, so they won't care. So if they say we're going to rip away EMA, cut away, you know, add more tuition fees, well, guess what? The people on EMA, the people that are likely to go uni and rely on having a free education are likely also not to vote. So people that do take away your goodies don't have any repercussion. You know why? Because naturally, in the past, you have not voted. So you have no word in this game. I'm not telling you to vote to prop up two foolish parties fighting against each other, dangling papers at each other and just conversating. I'm telling you to vote so that you have gain a voice, gain a stance, have a chance. And even if it's not just going to benefit you, 
Give your younger generations a chance to thrive. It's important you participate, honestly. And I'm not going to say to you, vote here, vote there. For all I care, vote for those tosses on the right, you know? Not that I'm influencing your vote any other way, but, you know, do what you want to do. But as long as you participate and you enter the conversation, you have now exposed yourself to a reality that you cannot avoid. You know what I mean? 100% agree. 100% agree. Um, again, it's very important to vote because let's just look at recent uh, events or recent elections, referendums where voting turnout was very key into the, into, in the result. Yeah. So, for example, the big one, Brexit. Yeah. Brexit referendum was on the 23rd of June, 2016. Mm-hmm. The Regist- worst day in British history. <laughs> <laughs> Registered voters was regist- was said to be 46.5 million people. Wow. Out of the 46.5 million people, only 33.5 million people actually voted. Wow. That's 11 million people that didn't vote. That abstained from voting and let it go, eat the pendulum swing either way. It was a 72 to pe- 72 to 72% voting turnout. And just to give you context, that is one of the lowest in uh, Western Europe. You know, so, it, it, modern times. Modern right? times, yeah. Brittle, as a nation, and that's the referendum, and that's actually one of the highest turnouts in voting in this country. Because when it comes to general elections, it usually lays around 60 to 65%. Yeah, that's correct. And it is quite low, and it has been low for a long time. But if you do look at the data, you can see that people are starting to vote more, and more people are starting to get involved. But it still needs to be more wider spread. And one thing I want you to recognise is that Listen to how we are telling you sincerely to vote as though the future relies on it. Guess what? The future does. And guess who doesn't want you to know this? Mainstream media. That's why they are pushing for individual parties as opposed to pushing information out neutrally and then requesting for you to participate. You will not see one news outlet realistically say we need more participation. They'll discuss it now and again and throw up there in question time if people bring it up. But... It's not on the agenda. This is another thing we're doing for you. So please don't take this lightly. You know? Like, at the end of the day, a lot of other countries have um, mandatory voting. And usually and likely in those countries, there's also uh, a lack of rights for certain certain groups that are marginalised from voting. Fortunately, in Great Britain, those rights are given to an abundance of people. Also marginalising young adults, because I do believe that the voting age should be brought down. But regardless of that, the rights that we do have must be exercised by each and every able individual. You know, and it's your job now that you've heard this to carry this and not as a burden, but as a torch to light up a dark tunnel because our future and the future of our younger ones really do rely on this. I mean, right now it looks as though our general election coming up is based on Brexit. However, as my co-partner Lex mentioned, it's more than Brexit at stake here. It's your education, your welfare, your immigration status, your opportunity to work, your opportunity and access to healthcare, opportunity and access to grants, the contracts that governments give to the private sector, which prop up multi-millionaires and help them to become billionaires. 
these decisions are in our hands through voting, you know. And whether or not you believe the facts and figures will be up to you registering and then doing the research. Unfortunately for you, we aim to bring you a nice extensive piece of research on, I would say, the four main parties running up right now, which will consist of the Conservative Party, the Liberal Democrats, the Labour Party, and the Green Party. And if you got, I'll say so. And some people may mention the Brexit Party as a as a as a as a, as a protest vote. But again, that's you know, that's, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's something we could discuss also. Um, but it's just uh, we just believe it's imperative that everyone votes, um, especially our young people. You know, there's also there's obviously there's debates going on now whether they should reduce the voting age to 16. I believe they should. You know, I believe uh, 16 year olds are just as affected. Well, everyone, babies, newborn babies are just as affected by government policy as a 99 year old on their deathbed. Mm -hmm. So I believe, um, but obviously I do believe there should be uh, uh, an, an age, a fresh, uh, yeah, uh, a, an age where it's um, obviously eligible for some to vote. And I believe it should be reduced from 18 to 16. You know, in this country, you're allowed to join the army at 16. You're allowed risk to your life. risk your <laughs> life and lose your, you know, lose, you know, risk your life of the country at 16. Why can't you vote? Mm -hmm. So I think it is imperative that you know people should be allowed to vote at 16. Again, that's something we could discuss, and we're, we're, we're looking to discuss. But this this segment really is just to uh, it's a call to action. Call, yeah, it's a call to action. It's a call to action. Call yeah. to action. We are encouraging people to register to vote. Um, so oh yeah, we believe that people should, should register to vote. Uh, for the general election because this is going to be definitely what I find hilarious is you in mainstream media you're going to keep hearing this is the make this is the fight of our lives you're going to hear all the main part the, all the main politicians say it. Jeremy Corbyn Boris Johnson this is a fight of our lives this is a this is an election of a generation for once I actually believe them I think this election is going to be very poignant into how this country shaped for the next 10 years mm -hmm. um not only with just Brexit looming over our heads, I think with Brexit, no one really knows what's going to happen. They're still a bit in the dark. Um, but also, again, with what we discussed last week with austerity cuts, uh, it's funny, all, all, all major parties are already changing their tune, saying they're going to invest more, borrow more. Uh, but so, you know. Kind of swinging towards the like certain, yeah, exactly. certain policies that were highly criticised earlier and told that we cannot fund. You know, this is it. Let's stick to the point. Apologies, so, you know, apologies. Every, we, we just encourage everyone just to stay uh, stay alert. Vigilant. This, uh, stay vigilant at this moment in time. You know, uh, don't read everything you read. Don't believe everything you read in, in, in the papers and don't listen. Don't believe everything you see in the news. Instead, uh, take it with a critique and yeah. understanding that as a perspective and, and why has that narrative been given? And do your own research. We're definitely going to come into... We're going to look to provide you guys with resources to go to and uh, do your own research but we definitely encourage everyone encourage everyone to do their own research uh for for the next for this general election because like i said it's it is it is probably the biggest election of our lives and it's very significant the date of the election as well which i believe is the 12th of december um this date has been highlighted as a date which doesn't favour students as it is coming up to the end of the term time and likely a lot of students will be in cities that they are not eligible to vote in. Well, students, please 
register for postal votes and alternative forms of voting because the opportunity is still out there. But what isn't out there is the opportunity to learn this information, which we're giving you now. Please use this wisely, spread this conversation and discussion, and ask yourself and ask your family when you're next to the dinner table, are you voting at this general election and why? Honestly, don't, don't, that, that phrase and statement will help put things in perspective. And I believe that if you take ownership of this, it will help ensure you taking the steps, taking ownership of your own life, your future, and how it will be written. And to go back to what you said, your point about the students, this is that's what that is one of the biggest concerns about this general election, is that the students um, will be affected in that they won't be able to vote in their local constituencies or where they're actually from or where they grew up. But it's important to know that they can actually register for their uh, students to vote in their student cities or in their student towns. Um, so that's really important. And it's also important to note that registering to vote, the deadline is on the 26th of November. So just, just over just just over two weeks from the date of our recording uh, to, re to register to vote. So we just implore everyone to register to vote. Just make sure you're registered to vote. Uh, by the 26th of November, Please. if you're not registered to vote, you can't vote. So you have to be in it to win it. You know, you have to buy the, buy the lottery ticket if you want to have a chance of winning the lottery. And at the end of the day, what you have to think about is why is it that this conversation isn't had within your within wasn't had within when yours being educated isn't really had in the mainstream education isn't really had in the mainstream workplace yet it's discussed in all of the highest earning all of the highest earning professions it's discussed in all of the private schools and education and it's essentially discussed in places where you can find that thing that smells all too familiar money Listen, like Lex said, you gotta be in it to win it. You gotta be in it to win it. You gotta be in it to win it. To so everyone register to vote. Um, again, me and Ace will be try to be as impartial as we possibly can. We're not gonna try. This is gonna try. Try. I can't promise them. Like yeah, so we're gonna be trying to be impartial. We're not gonna say vote for this person or vote for that person. Because if we're being honest, you know, politics is still a bit. It's not. It's not as black it's and white. As it's clear. Yeah, it's all grey areas. Very grey. Very grey areas. But I feel like maybe for the first time in a in, in a general election, particularly in my lifetime, there is probably two distinct um, front, runners. front runners. Yeah. But again, we're going to be impartial, so we're not going to endorse any one in particular. Especially none of them has actually reached out to us yeah. as of yet no one has yet has reached out them. to champion them so you know we're, we're, we're remaining impartial so what we're, we're going to do our next podcast keep alert we're going to give you the facts we're going to give you, you know, our opinion on on the facts um, yeah and we're, we're just going to give as much information as possible for people to make their own rational and informed yeah. decisions and hopefully the way we deliver it will be in a way that is easily digestible for you exactly you know? exactly so that's it thanks for listening to us today on the news made us do this podcast it's myself lex myself ace and don't forget to register to vote by the 26th of november that's the 26th of november by 12 by 11 59 p.m apparently so so register to vote and we'll hope to hope you lot listen to our next podcast and I'll uh, give you all the, all the information you're done now <laughs> 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 <laughs>
<laughs> Safe. Thank you for listening to our podcast, The Knees Made Us Do This. We are taking each step to reclaim Black Boy Joy and provide you with an alternative news source as well as commentary. We work full-time jobs and are looking to gain much more experience, so we're aiming to release bi-weekly and increase as demand increases. Let us know what you think. Give us feedback, like, share, promote. Peace. Follow us on IG. That's T-N-M-U-D-T underscore podcast. That's T-N-M-U-D-T underscore podcast. Thanks for listening. Peace.